Welcome to the Harvest Seymour Podcast. Come check us out and see how God is moving in this community. If you would like to know more, check out our Facebook page, or you can visit us at hcfseymour.org. Have a wonderful day. We are, we are I think, really, the body of Christ as a whole is at a really unique time uh, in the earth, and uh, not not just not just our own local body. I think there's this. I mean, you look out at the news and you see all of the things that are going on right now, the bad stuff. But I want you to know that the Lord is up to a lot of good stuff, Amen. And that uh, the Lord is is doing some amazing things, and and so. Uh, Part of bringing ourselves into alignment with what what the Lord is doing uh, is really what twenty one sixty is all about. Uh, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Whenever I say twenty one sixty, just by a show of hands, okay, a handful of us. So so twenty one sixty, we've done these pretty periodically over the years, but twenty one sixty, twenty one represents twenty one days of fasting. Now. Don't panic. I'm going to explain it, okay? <laughs> Deep breath in and out. Jesus loves you, okay? But uh, we'll, we'll get into that. But it's 21 days of fasting, and then the 60 represents a commitment to an hour of prayer or, the, or just a dedicated moment. Like, you know, because you know what? Fasting without prayer is just a bad idea. You know, you know what I'm saying? But whenever you couple them, them together, amazing things happen. So over the years that we've, we've done these, we've seen God do amazing things. Probably the most memorable one to me is whenever we saw um, God break us out of drought. Y'all remember that? Uh, you know, what, what experts said would take a decade for our land to recover, God did over the weekend. And so, and so uh, but, but that was part of one of our fasts that we did. And and I'm not saying it was solely due to our fast. I know people all over the great state of Texas were fasting and praying. Uh, God was doing a unique thing, but we got the chance to participate in that. Amen. We've seen people who uh, desired to become pregnant, got pregnant. We've just, you know, we've seen God just do uh, a number of things through a season of, of, of prayer and fasting. And so January, say January. January, January 6th, Monday, this, uh, January 6th, it'll be on a Monday, through January 26th, uh, on a Sunday night, all the way to a Sunday night, we, we're going to begin this journey of 2160, uh, of a dedicated time of fasting and prayer and seeking the Lord. And as we begin our journey, I'm go- so today, I'm going to be going through a lot of, a lot of things, but let me just say... Uh, fasting and prayer are not necessarily uh, spiritual steroids, okay? But what I want to say about fasting and prayer as we, as we began is that it's the intentional posturing of our life to be filled with no one but Jesus, to be emptied of everything else that tends to pollute our, our minds and our hearts and to be filled with His love, filled with His purpose, it's the intentional posturing of our life to behold the one who holds all the power, all the love, and all the authority. Amen? It's, it's about the pursuit to be intimate with the Lord. 
and for him to share his heart for us and for others. It's, it's where an opportunity for us to intentionally bring our requests, our personal requests to the Lord. See, fasting is taking our audience before King Jesus seriously. And as I was thinking about having an audience with the king, I was thinking of the story of, of uh, Nehemiah and even Esther. The, all of the different preparations that they went through before coming before the presence of a wicked king. But they knew if they could just have that audience with the king, that those wicked kings, say that from that audience with the king, they saw the Lord transform a nation. Amen? And so, and so in many ways, the, the subject matter of fasting and prayer is, is really, really, really taking our audience with the King of Kings, with King Jesus, who holds all the power, has all the authority, has all wisdom and knowledge, is taking it really seriously. Because I will tell you, in this day and age, um, I think the church world as a whole, the American church, takes our relationship with Jesus pretty flippantly. Whenever he was the one who paid all, did all, sacrificed everything, you know, we tend to think Jesus, you know, he sacrificed for my new pickup, you know, or something like that. No, 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 no. Jesus laid down his life for your life. Amen. Uh, and uh, whether it be a blessing or whatever, however you want to characterize that, he gave his life. And so this is our intentional moment and time and season to take our relationship with him very seriously. Amen? And so to, the title of today's sermon is called The Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four. There will be nothing from Marvel on here, okay? I just want to go ahead and let some of you guys know that. But but the Fantastic Four is, is four truths, the four uh four points each. And so this is a good note-taking day. So if you're a note-taker, this is the good note-taking day because um, we're going to be going through going through some things fairly quickly and, and uh, prayerfully laying in a really good place. And so I'm go- but I'm going to begin in Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2. The rest of the series or message will be in Matthew. So if you can find two places, way to go. But Joel chapter 2, starting with verse 12. Now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your hearts and not your garment. Return, return to the Lord your God. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray, Father, today, Lord, that you would have our surrender. Jesus, Lord, today I pray, Lord, that in a new and fresh living way, Lord, that you would be our center, the center of our life, center of our waking, our sleeping, rising and walking, living and working, God. Jesus, we... We want to give you this time. 
And Lord, we lay down calendars, agendas, objectives, Lord. And we just invite you to speak to our heart. As a group of men and women and teenagers, Lord, here, Lord, I just ask God to have your way in us this, this morning. We love you, Jesus. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Fasting, biblically and historically, has always served as a precursor to breakthrough, deliverance, healing, revival, or just something awesome God does. See, whenever, whenever a people decide to dedicate a period of time to forego all comforts and seek the Lord with all their heart, people would inevitably see God do amazing things. And so we're gearing up a fast and, and we're, we're in order to dedicate the year to the Lord. And uh, we're praying for all kinds of things we're praying for. And I'll go through that this morning as well briefly. But we're praying for God just basically to, re- to bring revival, to restore his fresh vision, fresh life, fresh passion, new things. You know what I'm saying? We, we want to see, see Jesus receive every bit of Seymour that he paid for. Amen. We want to see Jesus be glorified in this Texoma region. And so there's four truths that I'm going to be giving you today. The first one is what Jesus says about fasting, choosing a fast, you know, four ways the church staff will be supporting you during the fast. And then fourthly, it'll be four things we are uh, contending for in prayer. So, but let's begin with what's most important, what Jesus says about fasting. Number one, do it. <laughs> Let's go here to Matthew 6, starting with verse 16. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to be appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, and you know what their reward is? A little pat on the back, and that's about it. Way to go, buddy, but you're not really winning anything in prayer. So here we go. Verse 17, but you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you. That ought to get a little, huh? You know what I mean? Yes, he will reward you. And so Matthew 6 is like in the, in the middle of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he, he, he gives us three disciplines as followers of Christ. It's giving, prayer, and fasting. Now, the Sermon on the Mount is like the constitution of the kingdom, okay? We hold these truths to be self-evident that my followers will fast. You, you hear what I'm saying? That, that's kind of the, the constitution of the kingdom when we talk about the Sermon on the Mount. See, fasting is a part of the inner life of the believer. You go, well, pastor, we're doing it publicly. Well, you know what? We also pray together publicly. <laughs> and see, and Matthew 6 talked about it being a prayer and giving being done secretly. But see, but we also pray and we also give together, right? Okay, so don't, don't let that be a stumbling block for you. 
the scriptures are filled with groups of people who came together publicly to fast and prayer, okay? Right, is this making sense so far? So don't let that throw you off. It's in the Old and New Testament. You even see a group New Testament prayer team at, in Acts 13, okay? So don't, like I say, don't let, that, don't let that throw you. But yes, it, but fasting is a part of a believer's life, that we would forego comfort, right, of whatever that looks like, and embrace that time as a time to, to set those things aside and to be filled with Christ. Amen? And see, and here's the next thing I want you to see is Jesus actually connects rewards and victories with fasting. Now, now listen, I'm not putting any words in Jesus' mouth because he says, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Well, what does that mean? That the Father who sees in secret will reward you. That's what that means. And so here's, 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 what I would, here's what I would like to throw out to you, that maybe some of the defeats we experience in life aren't the sovereign will of God. Maybe some of the setbacks and the, and the defeats that we experience are not, well, it's just God's will for me to be in the condition I'm in. I, 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 don't, think that's, I don't think that's the case. What if, what if some victory, and I'm just, throwing, I'm just messing with you, but what if some victories aren't automatic? What if there's a little bit of a requirement of us being an active participant? <laughs> Amen? I'm just, I'm just messing with you, giving you something to think about. Here's the second thing that Jesus talks about. Fasting develops our connection to Jesus. And we'll pick this up in Matthew 9, verse 14. Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we fast and the Pharisees why do we fast and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Because frankly, it's not fair. As a disciple of John, I've been living on crickets and honey, and this is really lame. You know what I'm saying? You, you hear what I'm saying? Okay, verse 15. And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast. Okay, so check this out. So the disciples of John, remember John the Baptist? Okay, so the, the disciples of John the Baptist, they, they, come, they come to Jesus, ask this question, why, do, why don't any of your disciples fast? Because John is making us fast, and I don't know if he's meaner or what the deal is, but we're having to fast, and all of your disciples are just eating to their heart's content. Well, I want you to think about this. So John's ministry was all about prepare the way of the coming of the Lord, Right? And so there, John's whole ministry was, come, Lord Jesus. If you were just to sum it up. And so, they, so here's the deal. They were praying for something to happen that had already happened. Right? That doesn't make... But I think a lot of the body of Christ, whenever they approach fasting, many times they end up fasting for things that Jesus has already provided. See, like I'll give you for example... Like fasting for forgiveness, that's a bad idea. You've, you've been forgiven. 
You know what I mean? Fasting to, to be more righteous. I'm sorry that it's not gonna, you're not going to get any more righteous than what Jesus has already done in you. Make sense? And so people end up fasting for things that Jesus has already provided freely, right? Anyhow, but this is the point I'm trying to make. Jesus says, look, I'm the bridegroom. I'm the groom. I'm here right now. See, and he's looking at the disciples of John. You're fasting for me to come, but guess what? I'm here. That's the conversation. I'm here. All right? So here's the next thing. He says, but there's going to come a day when I'm taken away, and then they will fast. So what does he mean? So whenever Jesus ascends to the right hand of the Father, then that will usher in the time that my disciples, people who follow me, will fast. So, so here, what is he, what is he trying, trying to, to say here? Is that fasting is how the bride will connect their heart to the groom. Fasting is about developing that heart-to-heart connection with Jesus. You see, can, can I just be honest? Some of, sometimes we, we understand. We understand Jesus, right? We, we got this Jesus thing down, right? We, we know how this works. You know what I mean? I, I got saved. I prayed the prayer. Back off, preacher. You know? But, and see, here, here, here's the deal. Here's what I'm getting at. See, you can be acquainted with Jesus, but then you can know Jesus. See, I, I know the stuff. I know I got my fire insurance, right? And dunked in water to boot, right? That's, but it's way different. Give me your hand. It's way different than this. And so fasting, the seeking of the Lord, is, is opening up our life to connect with him in a more intimate and deep way. As the bride knows the groom. Amen. Number three, fasting increases our spiritual capacity and power. Matthew 9, 16, it's the same conversation. He's still in the same conversation with the disciples of John. And he's continuing his thought flow. Verse 16, no one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment For the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. And so Jesus is still talking to John's disciples about fasting, and he's downloading to them wisdom here about what fasting does. And so he says, unshrunk cloth on a new unshrunk cloth on an old garment is a bad idea. Why? Because as soon as you put them in the wash and everything starts pulling them and tearing, it'll it'll separate because one cloth is not shrunk to be with the old cloth. And then he says new new wine and 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 wineskins. You can't put new wine in old wineskins. Because as the wine ages, it expands, and that old wineskin, it's already been stretched out, and it can't do no more, right? 
Is that simple enough for you? I mean, and so here, and so he's saying, but you got to put new wine into new wineskins because as that wine develops, it's going to expand, right? Are you with me? Okay, just checking. So, old wineskins can't expand with the new wine. See, wine is symbolic of what Jesus is trying to pour out into his body. New wine is what he's speaking into the earth. It's the kingdom being revealed. It's, it's like the it's the it's it's what God is trying to accomplish in the earth now. The wineskin, that's us. Okay? We're the wineskin. And so what, what fasting does is it keeps the wineskin of our life flexible and pliable. Right? Fasting is like I've put on my stretchy pants, you know, and I'm ready to receive all the glory of Thanksgiving, right? You see, here's the deal. Mentally, emotionally, and physically, we have limited capacity. We can only do so much. Have you ever said, I can only do so much to a spouse before? We can only carry so much stuff. And, that, and, and because our, the wineskin of our life can only hold so much. And see, what happens is, is, is we end up blocking ourselves off from God pouring what he into us, what he wants to pour into us, because we have so much stuff. And you know what? A lot of times stuff, it ain't sin. It's just stuff. Because we can only mentally and emotionally, physically carry so much stuff, fasting provides us an opportunity to do some cleaning out, to, to empty some things out. And so when we empty things out, you know what happens? The wineskin of our life opens up. And we're able to hold what he's wanting to pour into our life. Are you tracking with me? Okay. Now, here's, here's what's cool. If you were to keep reading the next verse out of Matthew 9 and went on into verse 19, you would see this phrase, while he was still speaking these words. And this is key because it says, while he was still speaking these words, a man by the name of Jairus came to him and said, I need my daughter raised from the dead, and on his way to go take care of this, the woman with the issue of blood shows up. And so Jesus ends up performing two of the greatest miracles with his disciples and the disciples of John all walking together. Okay? So here's what I want you to see. Whenever you see that phrase, and while he was still speaking these words, many times whenever you see those types of phrases occur in Scripture, that, the, that the, the Holy Spirit through the writer is trying to connect the revelation of what was just happening to the experience of what was just happening. Okay, so this is what I mean. So Jesus was just talking about fasting and how it opens up our capacity, and then he takes him on this demo ride. Okay, now I've just said you something, now I'm going to show you something. And then what you see here is the miraculous power of the Lord just flow right through his life. 
And so many times what happens in Scripture that the Holy Spirit is trying to connect two truths. And this is the two truths that we, this is the second part of the truth is that fasting opens us up to experience the miraculous power of Christ. I don't, I don't know if you heard me. I'm going to try it again over here on this side. <laughs> Fasting not only connects us to the heart of the Lord, but it opens us up to see his miraculous power move in our lives. Okay, it was a little bit better on that side. So. <laughs> Here's the fourth thing that Jesus says about it. Fasting brings spiritual and physical breakthrough. Fasting brings spiritual and physical breakthrough. Matthew 17, verse 20 through 21. So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Verse 21. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So here, here's, here's what Jesus was commenting on. So the disciples have been going on and on and on and trying to get this boy delivered of a demon. And they prayed and prayed and prayed and then nothing worked. And so then, and then they said, well, Jesus, can you help out? And Jesus says, well, fine, blam, you're delivered, you know. You know and so here, how many of you have ever experienced this deal of ever constantly working on something for hours and hours and hours and then finally you ask for help from the right person and what took you hours and hours to not do, they actually accomplished in like two seconds? Yep. Yep. And Aaron would tell you Sonny's experienced that a lot. But see, here, here's what, the, what Jesus was trying to highlight here. Is it, it's not so much that it's spiritual steroids or anything like that, but it's the intentional commitment to come before the face of God when you've decided to forego all other comforts and will be satisfied by no other than Jesus, spending time with Jesus. And in that place of intimacy with Jesus, of where I begin to know his heart, begin to know what's on his mind, where I get in tune with, with his will, then all of a sudden my experience is, is my spiritual authority, my, I begin to experience, it's like, wow, it's like my spiritual authority begins to increase. And so fasting and prayer allows me to behold Jesus, the one who has the power to heal and set free. Now, let me just say this. No man or woman has healed or delivered anyone. Only Jesus. Did you hear that? No man or woman has ever healed anyone. Only Jesus. But see, fasting and prayer actually allows me the opportunity to begin to co-labor with him to partner with him to see him do amazing things. See, one of the things that Jesus has decided to do in this dispensation and age that we live in is he's decided to limit himself to work through the agency of man. Right? And so he's looking to partner and co-labor with us. 
Amen? And so as he partners and co-labors with us, so what, happen, what happens when we spent the past 15 hours looking at Facebook? Spent all evening comparing ourselves with the people down the street. Thinking about how, man, they really got it and I don't. Thinking things like, I can't believe they, you know. We spend all of that time being filled with stuff. And whenever the opportunity comes to actually meaningfully pray with someone, we can't because I'm so ate up with jealousy with what someone else has because of what they're driving or what they're doing. And so my wineskin has been filled with this, the gunk of life, and I don't get a chance to participate with the Lord because I just, I've been so disconnected and out of it. I can't pray for you right now because I'm so mad at what they're driving. (laughs) But fasting and prayer helps me empty that stuff out and helps me convert my thinking, feeling, and acting to be more like him. Amen? So here's the next truth. Choosing a fast. Choosing a fast. You go like, well, I'm not choosing a fast. This won't apply to me. Well, hang on. Just bear with me, okay? Choosing a fast. Number one, this is how I like to describe it. The first one is the Jesus fast. The Jesus fast, and this is hardcore because you see this model in his uh, 40 days in, uh, in the wilderness, his type of a fast, and what, what this one is described as is usually like a liquid-only fast, and some of us already go like, yeah, I'm out on that one. I ain't, you know, I ain't doing that one, but I, just, I just want to tell you, though, it is not wise to do this one unless you are a veteran of fasting, okay, but it is a type of fasting, scripturally speaking. And, and, and if you're thinking about doing it, I really encourage, and if you've never done it and you really want to do it, I want you to talk to your doctor first because I'm telling you, that, that's my, what's the word? My disclaimer. That's my disclaimer right there. You better talk to your doctor first or, or if you want to do it for short periods of time. Having said this, I personally have done this type of a fast a number of times, and I've had experiences where they were way easy, and I've had experiences where they were way hard, Okay. But I want, I want to stress the fact, don't do this one unless you really feel like the Lord is, is calling you into this. Because a lot of times what would happen is people feel like they need to do this one in order to prove something to God or to prove something to others or to prove something to themselves. Hey, don't be thinking that way, okay? If, only do this one if, if you really strongly feel that the Lord has asked you to do that, okay? And uh, uh, here's the second one. The second one is the Daniel fast. Now, the Daniel fast, generally speaking, and there's a lot more information about this, but I'm just going to kind of generalize it right now. And if you want to read more about it, there's, I have this book out right here and also out in the hallway. It's called Fasting by Pastor Jensen Franklin. Uh, he gives a lot more of uh, details on the subject matter. But, uh, but a Daniel fast, generally speaking, is fruits and veggies, uh, no dairy, no sugar, no caffeine, uh, no meat, no joy. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
but uh, drinking, uh, drinking lots of water and that sort of thing. And for extended ones, I, I really prefer this one as, as, a, as a group of people because I, I think that's really a way for us all to safely partner together and, and if we were to choose that. So, and if you want one of these books and we run out, please let me know and we'll try to order some more, okay? So it's fasting. That's the name of it. It ought to be pretty simple to remember. Number three is specialized refraining. Specialized refraining. And so whenever I talk about refraining, it's not technically fasting because it doesn't involve food, but it is a way to participate, especially whenever people have certain dietary needs. But, uh, but this may look like something like cutting, cutting sugar, cutting caffeine, dairy, junk foods, Cokes, candy, or whatever. Um, one of the things that we I've, I've historically experienced is that people had actually decided to fast from an addiction. I think that's a great choice, you know, because whenever you decide to fast from an addiction, you'll see God begin to break those chains, you know. As I, and I, and I, I get excited about that one because I've seen a lot of people go free from addictions on, on just that particular one. And especially you get enough people rally around you and supporting you in prayer on those certain things. Number four, media refraining. Now this is, I'm telling. This is not technically a fast because again, it doesn't involve food. But in the day and age we live in, I think it must be discussed. You know, because I can't. I guarantee you, I've already alluded to it several times. Because this is the kind of stuff that fills the wineskin of our life to where we can't hear what the Lord is saying or wants to say it over us. You know, we can't hear him speak words of identity over us because I'm too busy comparing my identity to the person I've been watching all this time on Facebook, okay? But I would encourage everyone at some level to put some limitation here. And so, uh, and again, people have been shocked with results. And so, but let, let me tag this on as well. If you have a history of eating disorders, Okay, just, just as the pastor, I would like to encourage you, if you're feeling led of the Lord to participate in the fast and you have a history of eating disorders, consider the media one. Okay, I would encourage you to, to participate at this level. And, uh, because I'm telling you, any amount of emptying out of the stuff out of your life and filling it with Jesus is going to be productive. Amen? And so, because um, honestly, I think people sometimes who have struggled with eating disorders probably need to focus on disconnecting from media more than just about anything, okay? So having said all that, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the fast. Make sure he's leading you in whatever you choose, okay? And so, so here's the deal. You, and all of the things that I've mentioned, you might want to choose a combo package. All right? For instance, you might say, okay, I'm going to limit, I'm going to, as soon as, I'm going to get on Facebook today, but I'm going to set a timer on my phone for 10 minutes. And as soon as the bell goes off, bling, 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 okay, I'm turning it off, okay? Uh, you might want to say, okay, I'm going to do uh, a Jesus fast one day a week, you know, do it every Wednesday. The rest of the time, I'm going to be doing Daniel, and then I'm going to, you know, eat meat like there's no tomorrow on the weekends, you know? I mean, you see what I'm saying? Is this making sense to you? But, what, but I want you to work it out with the Lord, okay? I want you to pray through it and ask the Lord what makes sense to you. But as you pray it out, this is, this is the thing that I think is really important. 
write it down and then share it with somebody. If you'll write down what you're going to do in your various combo package fast, you know, because we're Americans, we like options, right? You know, but make sure you write it down and you share it with somebody. Because why? Because it's a way to keep you accountable, right? And also, I think it's important that you journal what you're praying because you need to see how God's going to come through for you over this next season of time. Uh, Parents, if you're wanting to lead your kids into the fast, uh, I'll just make a few comments on this one. Media is a good one, specialized refraining like no candy or whatever like that. But here's what I think is important is that if you're going to lead your kids into it, that, um, that it not feel like punishment, you know, and so that it really needs to be something that engages their faith, that they can you begin to cast vision over, okay? Because if it feels like punishment, it's probably going to not work against you. It's going to feel like a lot of legalism probably to them. And so make sure, because I think, I think even if you just said, you know what? Even if parents, if you made the decision, like, you know what, we're, we are going to uh, just make a commitment to pray together, every, all of us together, every night during the fast. That would be huge. That would be a huge win. Amen? Okay. Are you, are you still with me? Are you doing okay? Only got a, two more of the Fantastic Four, and I promise it'll go a little bit faster. Four ways the church staff is going to support you during this time. So here's the first one that we're going to do as a church staff. The church staff, number one, we're going to send you encouraging videos. We're going to encourage you through the week, at least twice a week, encourage you. So they're going to be through Facebook, and that'll be during your allotted time, you know. But, uh, <laughs> or it will be emailed to you, you know, one or the other. Um, but if, you, if you're not doing Facebook or whatever the case may be, let us know, and we'll try to get that video sent to you because we want to be encouraging every step of the way through this because it's easy to lose heart. Here's the second thing that we're going to do. It's called Open Chapel. So during the fast, Monday through Friday, during the weeks of the fast, at church, we're going to have Open Chapel. So from noon till 2 o'clock in the auditorium, we're going to open up the auditorium, and a pastor will be available to pray with you, pray alongside of you, to join you in prayer, to help encourage you in prayer. Because, you know, like, um, here, here's the thing. Sometimes it's really hard to be focused in prayer unless you have somewhere to go get away to. And so uh, I would encourage you to come get away here during, the, during that time frame. It'll be come and go. You don't have to stay the entire time. It's just meant to be wide open, okay? Worship music will be played. You know, husbands and wives, if y'all want to pray together, that might be a great time to come together with kid-free zone, you know, and, and, and pray and that sort of thing. Make sense? While they're at school and all that kind of good stuff. Um, let's see. Thirdly, uh, we're going to have Wednesday night worship. So every Wednesday night of the fast, January 8th, 15th, and 22nd, we're going to have worship nights where we're going to come in here. We're going to worship. We're going to pray. There's going to be scripture reading. Um, uh, Pastor Jason was really believing like the Lord's given him specific instruction for this time frame. And so I to be uh, a part of these worship nights. And so he's getting getting my words tongue-tied here, but he's getting specific instruction from the Lord as to what those evenings are going to look like. And so um, I would encourage you to participate on that. So life groups will be pushed back uh, into, into February. And so, because we wanted, we wanted as a church just to set aside a specific time to seek the Lord. Amen? 
And then fourthly, the snazzy 2160 bracelets. Right here, I got one on right now. And uh, can y'all see that? All right, so, and they're all in the basket on that back table back there. And these uh, bracelets are meant to serve as a discreet reminder, you know, so that when you've looked at Facebook too long, you know, the Holy Spirit will come along and pop that on your wrist. No, 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 what it, what it is, it's, it's meant to serve as a dis- discreet reminder uh, that of the season of prayer and fasting that you're in, okay? Last of all, here's four things that we are contending for in prayer. Number one, this is what we want to see in 2020, increased passion for Jesus. When we make Jesus the center of our life, life holds together. He is the center of all creation. He's the Lord of lords, right? We're we're believing for our heart to go to a new place in Jesus, right? For the fire to burn brighter. Amen? Here's the second thing that we are going to be contending for in prayer, restoring hearts to the Father. We want to see people come to the Father for the first time and see more. We want to see people to come back home to the Father. You know, if they've gone astray, to return back to the Lord and see revival break out of here. Amen? Number three, we want to see healing in, heart, in our heart-to-heart relationships. Healing in heart-to-heart relationships. In the last days, the Bible says in the book of Malachi that the hearts of the fathers would be turned back to children and the hearts of children back to the Father. I've preached on this a while back, but I want you to know that theme right there is way bigger than just dad and kids, okay? It's way bigger. And so, and so here's what we're believing for. We're, we're believing that in the heart-to-heart relationships, whether it's marriage, parent, parental, work, church, whatever relationship that you need healing, that we're asking for healing to come, not just for us alone, but for those in our lives. Amen? Wouldn't that, hey, when a relationship isn't right, a lot of things aren't right, right? And so we're asking God to bring healing. And then fourthly, it's just your personal requests. Whatever, whatever, whatever it is that you want to dedicate this time towards, whatever need you have, whatever breakthrough you want to see, whether it's in a job, whether it's in finances or, or family, whatever the case may be, it, whatever, whatever you need to see God do in this upcoming year that you dedicate this time to, to the Lord in that. So I just feel like um, I'm just supposed to pray over us that God would awaken hunger in us. Um, In the Beatitudes, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And then in Mary's Magnificat, after the angel came to her and said, You're going to bear a son, she said, He satisfies the hungry with good things. So I think, you know, God has blessed us with just so many gifts that we get to enjoy. We get to enjoy good food and entertainment. He's given us jobs, but sometimes... I think we can just stuff our face in his blessings and just never eat of the bread of life. And we never drink of living water. So, um, could we just consider fasting an invitation to just draw close to him, to invite him to just fill us? Because we're, we are vessels that are made to be filled with his glory. And so if we could just take this time just to empty ourselves and make room for him and just ask him just to come in and make us hungry for him.
The Bible says to taste and see that the Lord is good. And when we actually taste him, that's what we want more of. So I just, would you mind just standing? Let's just stand together. Father, I just ask that right now you come with your Holy Spirit and you just awaken hunger in us. God, we cry out to you to awaken hunger in us, God, that our heart's desire, God, would be your presence, Lord. Every time we're hungering after food or the comfort of um, numbing ourselves with media, God, I pray, God, that we would run to you, God, that we would run to your presence, God, that we would be filled, God, with your glory. And I pray that, Lord, we would just desire you, and hunger and thirst for you, God. I'm so excited and so anxious, God, to see what you want to do through us corporately, God. I'm excited personally, God, to draw closer to you, but I know that you have something that you want to do in us corporately, God. So we just cry out to you, God. I just ask that you would stir us up with hunger, God, for more of you. Stir us up to spend time with you, God, to taste you, God, to drink of living water and to eat the bread of life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One of the things, um, as Aaron was as was uh, praying, you ever heard that saying that, um, you know, if I go and fish for you, I can fish for a, you, I can feed you for a day, but if I can teach you to fish, I can feed you for a lifetime. Remember that saying? Um, whenever it comes to, you know, so easy to have the expectation to hear from God when you come to church, and you should have that expectation, right? But in your personal prayer and fasting life, it's actually hearing from God for yourself. It's the practice of hearing God for yourself. He wants to speak to all of us. Amen? And so that, that's part of learning to fish is learning to fast. Last thing, y'all remember the story of King Jehoshaphat? Y'all have heard of this story where, where he was surrounded on three, by three enemies, surrounded him, and he and uh, and and he gets the strategy from the Lord to, you know, to go out and put the worship team out front before the army. Y'all remember this? Remember this? And, and so that's the, that's the worship is what gets all of the focus in that story. But that's not how the story began. Whenever Jehoshaphat was surrounded, he led the whole city and nation to fast and to pray. And then wisdom from God then was downloaded to them how to approach their enemy. And then God gave them this boneheaded idea. I want you to send all of those singers out in front. That'll get them. You see what I'm saying? And so what happened was, that what the secret was in the worship, the secret was in the heart posture. I would just suggest to you that maybe just humbling ourselves before the Lord and fasting and prayer and submission to God might just open up new dimensions of power and worship You'd see demonic strongholds over cities be broken down. Just saying. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray 
turn from their wicked ways and seek me with all their heart and see if I will not turn and heal their land. I thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for what you are initiating and for what you are beginning. God, we want to give you this season. We want to give you this time, Lord. And however it is, Lord, that you are leading us, Lord, may we humbly tune in to your voice and your leading at this time. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed day.